This program is sponsored by Proponacy, where I'm the president and CEO. Proponacy is the Greek word for coaching. We provide SaaS technology to centers like yours. Most contact centers struggle with their people, whether it be overcoming monotony, attrition, or getting superior performance. Our solution makes it easier and cost-effective to get even more than you could possibly have expected from your front line. The result is loyal customers, engaged employees, and winning, provable, profitable results. You can reach us at Proponacy.com. You are being forwarded to the contact center coach. I turned 16 on December 27th and had my very first real job a week later. And it, it wasn't my first job, though. I'd, I'd had two earlier jobs. I had been a janitor in a church, and everything about that was horrible. If you've ever been a janitor, you see things you don't necessarily want to ever see again. And then my very first job, I was a, a newspaper uh, delivery kid, and that was a complete financial disaster only because there was one house in the neighborhood that uh, had a huge German Shepherd. And sometimes this German Shepherd got out and you'd bring the newspaper up to the door and this German Shepherd would be on the other side and would just be barking like crazy. I think the dog's name was Wolfie or something like that. And so I would deliver their paper, but I was scared to death to go collect the money for the paper. And so Needless to say, month after month after month, they weren't paying. My father didn't understand why I wasn't making any money. And then to compound the problem, I was so afraid of this dog that I started paying the kid next door whose name was Charlie Murray. I started buying him an ice cream cone every day so he would deliver the paper to this um, house with the, uh, with the German Shepherd. And so anyway, needless to say, when my father finally figured out what the problem was, he forced me to go collect from this lady, and he, he sent me there at, uh, it was like 7 o'clock at night. It was winter, and so it's dark and it's cold, and these people had a driveway that went up. You know, they lived on a hill, and I didn't want to get out of the car. My dad was parked at the bottom of the driveway, and I didn't want to get out of the car because, you know, this dog could be out every once in a while, and my dad was like, you need to go collect this money from these people. So I got out of the car. I went like 15 steps up this really dark, dark driveway and the dog was out and the dog started barking running after me. I, I jumped, sprawled on the hood of the car with my face in the windshield screaming, go, go, go. And of course, my father is laughing as uh, hard as possible. And, um, you know, we did collect the money from the lady eventually, but I never made any money. Complete disaster. Anyway, totally has nothing to do with this story. At 16 years old, I got a job at Valady and Valady was a a department store, probably the first of its kind in Connecticut, and it was 100 yards long and 50 yards wide, and it had everything in it. When you walked in the door, the very first thing you saw was a, what I thought at the time was a high-end jewelry. I'm 16 years old. Maybe it wasn't high-end jewelry, but it seemed like it was a high-end jewelry display. To your right was ladies' clothes. Behind that was shoes. There was men's clothes where you could get a suit. They had a record section with all sorts of records. They had a tobacco area, magazine area, health care, health products area, snack bar. Next to the snack bar was the, was the fresh vegetables. Then they had a full grocery store. They had another section of hardware. They had an area that was like a full thing of skis in the winter. And then in the summer, they had 
you know, all the summer gardening things. And then downstairs they had toys and guns and it was just, this store had everything in it. And I, my first job there was as a bag boy and a bag boy was standing at the end of the cash registers, collecting the stuff and putting it into the bags. And so the reason I'm telling you this story is that validity came from two words, value and quality. I think the quality was associated with the high-end stuff. And I think the value was associated with the fact that they said that they offered good prices. Well, what happened when I first got hired there was, is that there's also, of course, in every company, you know, two weeks ago, I talked to you about purpose and, and, uh, and last week I talked to you about mission and this week I want to talk to you about value. So every company has purpose, mission, and values. I'm sure Validity as a company had a court, you know, a mission statement and a purpose statement, and they had some sort of values, but they never shared those with me nor did they actually train me with an adult. You see, I was trained by two kids that were in my class that were also 16 years of age. Um, one of them was named Pat O'Malley, and the other one was named Michael Nestor. And, and Pat and Michael were um, cross-country buddies, and I played baseball with Michael. But these were the guys that were my mentors, and they were my trainers. And I, I wanted to just go over some of the things that they told me to help me get up to speed in, in working at the job. So, so the first thing they told me, and they'd been there a while, I don't know how long they'd been there, but they were, they knew the job. So that's where I learned. So the first thing was, was to be very slow and steady because you didn't want to go too fast because you bag the groceries too fast or just be somebody else in line. And of course you also had a, a lady that was the cash register person. And so she didn't want you to go any faster than she wanted to go. So you needed to be very, very, very uh, slow and steady. Obviously, they told me to put the eggs on top, but uh, there was other complications as well because of the fact this wasn't just groceries, right? I mean, you could have men's or ladies' clothes, you could have perfume, you could have housewares, you could have skis. So there was a lot of other things involved in bagging. So it was a far more complicated bagging procedure. Then, of course, they um, they told me that when you get to do a, um, a price check, that's like a really big thing because then you'd have to go find another price and. There was some sort of a legend that somebody actually went to the snack bar and had some french fries before they actually came back with their price check, but also to take it slow because it was your opportunity to get away from your workplace, to go out, get a price check, and come back. Um, they told me that the prettiest girl was named Darlene. She was in the women's department. I didn't need any help figuring that out. I could have figured that out when out on my own. And then finally, they said that the best deal of all is when you get to go take the carts in from the outside as long as the weather's okay because... You know, today you've got those little sections where people would put the carts. Well, back then there were no sections for the carts. So the carts were all over the parking lot. So you could turn collecting carts into a, a, a whole night. And especially if it was really nice outside and you had your friends coming by, it was, it was a really good, really, really good gig. So the very name of value, which was value and quality, um, I, I wasn't really told anything about their values. I wasn't really told anything about their mission. I wasn't really told anything about their purpose. Ironically, Michael turned out to be an executive in HR and Pat had a successful career in the food industry and Validity went out of business. So perhaps if they had invested a little bit more time in Michael and Pat and, and shared with them the values, they could have in turn taught them to me because let's be clear, we're talking decades later and I remember exactly what Michael and Pat taught me. Let's talk values today. What are yours? Don't look at the signs. Don't pull a piece of paper out. What are the values that you have in your organization? Can you name all of them? How many are there? Are there six, five, 
8, 9, 10, can you get 7 out of 10, 5 out of 9? Maybe you've got all of them. What about your employees? Can they recite them? Do they know what they are? Let me give you a hint. Some of them usually are teamwork or integrity, transparency, quality, respect, accountable, trust, ownership. Why are they important to a company? They're important to a company because companies that are really, really successful have employees that live their values. They take the values, they apply them to themselves and they apply them to their work and you can see it in their work product. I mean, it's simply the way relationships work. If you talk to anybody about their relationships, you'll eventually get around to one of the two people saying, you know, we just kind of have the same values. And when you're working in an organization, you don't have to have the same personal values, although that always helps, but you all have the same values that you're working under because you all work for the same company because the company has a set of values. And well, what do they really mean to somebody that's just talking on the phone? I don't know, you tell me, what does integrity have with customer service or transparency have with getting great CSAT scores or quality or respect of a customer or accountability or trust or ownership? Do you think those are qualities that help in the delivery of great customer service on a, on a phone call or a transaction between you and your customers? Of course it does. So understanding what the values are, living the values each and every day in your organization is really important to the success of your company. It also is important to the success of every single individual that works for you. You see, because if they can own the company's values, truly understand the mission and the purpose, listen to my other podcasts if you want to understand a little bit more about mission and purpose, they'll be more successful and you'll be accomplishing what you're set out to uh, you're set out to accomplish, which is you're doing your job, the things you're getting paid for, which is to forward the company not only to just do it but to do it the right way. And one of the ways that you do it the right way is making sure that you're delivering on the company's values. So I wanna give you three words and I wanna be able to apply these three words to how we make values an important part of an organization. Three words are all begin with R, pretty simple to remember. Remind, reward, and recognize. If we can continually remind our employees about our values, if we can reward our employees when appropriate about our values, and when we can recognize our employees that display the values, we ingrain it in them, they becomes part of who they are, it becomes a shared value and everybody wins. You see, because you just can't put the sign up on the wall, you just can't deliver it in the opening training session that you've got and maybe it hits the first day, but maybe it's the very last thing you do When you put up the PowerPoint slide, you list out the values, you talk about them, and then you remind them that as they walk through the building, they'll see them as well. Your employees are talking to 40, 50, 60, 70 people a day, five days a week. That's a lot of people that they're talking to. That's a lot of opportunity for your organization to display and deliver your values to your customers. And those values have to be important because your company's based on them. And so your ability to be able to live those values out with your employees is something that is a key to success. 
And that's something you have to live the values and your employees have to live the values. Well, listen, let's just take one and kind of walk through it. So let's talk about teamwork. That's usually a, a, a value that you have within your organization. So how do we remind, reward, and recognize teamwork? Well, let's start with something simple like just helping others. You know, Do you have purposeful ways that people in your organization can help others? Great example, mentoring. Do you have mentors? Do you have a program that encourages your employees to have mentors? And you've heard me talk about this before. Do you have a mentor? A mentor is somebody that wants to help you be successful. And they want to help you be successful. I didn't say help you get ahead, which should be a natural result of somebody helping you be successful. But it's something that some, something where a person want, is willing to invest in you. And you're looking for a mentor to have really two things and two things and a yes. The two things are one, that you respect them and that you trust them. If I trust them and respect them, then they've got an opportunity to be a mentor for us. And the yes comes from the fact that you ask them, would you consider to be my mentor? Would you consider being my mentor? And and by the way, not only should you have a mentor, but you also ought to mentor someone else. And usually when you think of a mentor, it's kind of an overall career kind of mentor that's going to help you. And I don't know whether it's mentor or mentor. I've used both of those terms together. So forgive me for my uh, pronunciation of the word. When when you have mentors, you have an opportunity to to encourage and direct. And of course, that's, that's the epitome of teamwork, right? And it doesn't have to be just overall. You could have a mentor on one particular issue. If you've got an employee that struggles with AHT, Maybe you've got somebody that could be a mentor for them in the area of HT. And then as a supervisor, you have the ability to mentor people just simply by doing as I do. Something as simple as answering the phone. If you answer the phone at your desk when one of your employees calls you and you use the exact same salutation that your company uses, you're modeling for them the energy and the uh, attention and the enthusiasm that you want to provide in that call. And so you're, you're doing as I do. You're, you're being a mentor for them in how they're supposed to greet or how they're supposed to answer the phone. We also help others by simply encouraging and working with them on their, on, in, in their success. So all we're simply doing is making sure that, we're, that as a team, we've got an organization that encourages. Does, does your organization encourage? Do you, do you have reminders that make sure you keep track of of when the last time you encouraged someone was. If, if you're working as a supervisor in a contact center, then you've got somewhere between 12 and 35 or 40 people working for you. If you don't have some sort of a consistent way to remind you to encourage someone and, and that you've encouraged employees on a regular basis, you're gonna miss someone, it's inevitable. And when you don't have a lot of time, you have a tendency to focus on the things that they don't do well which sometimes there are employees that, do a, that don't do very many things well, and so we need to be constantly reminding them of the things they need to improve. But boy, we need to throw some encouragement in there as well. Don't forget the sandwich approach, right? Say something nice, give them some sort of uh, criticism or challenge, and say something nice again. It's much easier for people to receive uh, constructive criticism when it comes in a sandwich. And so... That's the reminder. Do you have rewards for encouragement? We, you know, we actually offer in our system the ability for people to be able to, supervisors to have shout outs where they can actually acknowledge people or peer recognition where one peer can acknowledge and recognize someone else. Either, hey, they helped out. They were a great team player. Uh, they went above and beyond. They were a place where I could go to get expertise or advice 
Friendly competition is another area which builds encouragement. Competition doesn't always have to be personal. It can be team competition where you're contributing along with other people to a, to a common goal which builds connection. And teams don't have to just be supervisor teams. They can be breakdowns where you're playing the people that like the TV show Breaking Bad against the people that like the TV show Friends or you know people that are voting for the Kansas City Chiefs versus people that are voting for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and you just have a competition that's friendly and where people are connecting and working together as a team to accomplish a goal. And then another area that to measure teamwork and to remind people of teamwork is legacy. Do you acknowledge, recognize, remind, and reward legacy achievement in the area of teamwork, which is, which is the story, the lore, the folklore that goes with, you know, there's John. John did X and was such a team player that the entire team was successful and this occurred. The, the more you repeat those stories, the more we document those stories, the more you, you carve them in stone, they're the kind of things that people pick up over time and it becomes a part of your values. It becomes a part of the story. It's things that people talk about. And if, and if one person can leave a legacy, then everybody sees the opportunity that they can leave a legacy as well. That's ultimately what we want to try to do. So we remind, we reward, and recognize Do you remind, reward, and recognize all of them? Do you remind, reward, and recognize ownership or accountability or trust or integrity? Because if you don't, you should. Because when we remind, reward, and recognize our values, we have an opportunity to be more successful. And we begin to build an organization that's living the values. But of course, none of that happens if you don't do it first. So I need you to go back and look at the values and see whether A, you're living them in the areas that you need to work on and set yourself some of your own reminders, maybe perhaps some of your own personal rewards and some ways for you to write down and recognize that you are actually spending time on reminding your employees of their values. And then I need you to get out on the floor and remind, reward, and recognize And, you know, whether it's the opening greeting, whether it's in the huddle where you go over the values, whether it's sometime when you stop by, when you acknowledge, point out and cover the areas. Hey, there's an example of transparency. Wow. Great teamwork. I love the accountability. Super on the ownership. I trust that answer. I listen to it. It makes sense. You're, you you know, I hear the trust in your voice. Your customers are going to hear that trust as well. If you want the employees to own your mission and your values and your purpose, and to live the values out, they can, they will, but it requires you to remind them, reward them, and recognize them. It was great to talk to you this week. Just a reminder, if there's an area you'd like me to cover, send me an email at mtamer, T-A-M-E-R, at proponisi.com, P-R-O-P-O-N-I-S-I.com. Listen, if you want to be a great leader, live the values and get your employees to live the values as well. I hope you enjoyed the message this week. Look forward to talking to you next week. Bye-bye now. You are being forwarded to the contact center coach.